Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I want to take this opportunity to wish all of you a Merry Christmas. I want to look there in the camera and also welcome all of those joining us. In fact, we're a family gathered for Christmas in multiple rooms and multiple settings. If you're in a video service here at Keller, maybe you're at our McKinney campus. We want to welcome all those at our Hazlitt campus. We're having a Christmas service for the first time in Argyle this year. And then maybe you're watching this message later. I'd like all of you, those online, all of you here, let's, let's just welcome everybody and let them know that we're thinking about them. We're glad all of you are joining in with us. I'm so honored that you would come and worship with us and spend some of your Christmas. I want to personally welcome all of you that are our guests this Christmas. I just want you to know on behalf of my wife and I, our team, all of these that have put so much energy and effort into everything that you're experiencing, uh, we've been praying for you and we've been just really looking forward to meeting you. I know you may be having this thought, did they gather all the friendly people on planet Earth into one space? Uh, I want you to know it's not fake. I, I know I'm a little bit partial, but some of the most authentic, sincere people you've ever met are part of the Milestone family. And we want you to know that, you're, that we're really glad that you're here. And to you that are part of the Milestone family, it's my greatest honor and privilege to be your pastor. And I just want to say Merry Christmas to you. We've had a great year together. We're really looking forward to all God's going to do in the new year. I hope all of you will come and join me for this series that I'm excited about where we're going to talk about how to hear from God. It's something I think everybody wants to know more about. Well, it's been a very interesting year for me personally, too. You know, this is that time of the year you look back. Uh, I, I turned 50 this year, which that just means you can now say whatever you want, and it's legal. You just kind of say it and be like, I'm 50, you know, you just have to deal with it. I, I also became a grandpa this year. Uh, so, yeah, my, my grandson, Samuel... And uh, so we're, we're pretty pumped about that. He got way more presents than me so far already, you know. So uh, we're, we're really excited about that. And, 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 you know, turning 50, I also had to have some of those 50-year-old physical type stuff, you know. They, they do really bad stuff to you. Um, it's kind of therapeutic for me to talk about it. They, they wanted me to do some flexibility things, you know. The doctor's like, you're, you're really unflexible, so... I went in this room, and there's a doctor standing there with a the chart, and they had this little measuring stick, and I, as I get down on the floor, and so I start stretching out to try to see how far I can reach, and the doctor turned around and said, you can begin now. I'm like, that's really wrong. I've been trying over here. But anyway, it's, it's been a, a great year, and, and I don't know what kind of year you've had, but when we come into this season, it, it's like it sort of compounds and there's some reflection, and then, of course, we're around family members. We're thinking about our family. And when we come into the season, what we, we really want it to be simple and right and clean and good, and, and we want those hope-filled feelings. I want to share with you something unique this year out of the Christmas story. I want to actually take you to Israel 
I want to take you to the place of Jesus' birth. I, I took a team of people this summer, and we, we went to Israel, and of course, we're praying for the conflict there and praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but we, we, we also were there before that, and I, I began to think about that Christmas carol, Oh Little Town of Bethlehem, and that got me thinking about you, and while I was there, I was thinking about Christmas, and I want to actually also take you to a prophecy hundreds of years before the Christmas story. And you might be surprised to find when you really look at the Christmas story, what I'm really thankful for is the Bible. If you've not read much of the Bible, it's, it's very authentic and very transparent. You might think it's just filled with like super spiritual people that had no problems. Well, well there's no edited version of these people's stories. And if you look at the Christmas story, there were, there were challenges along the way. I like to think of it this way. I'm a girl dad. I have one boy, and the majority voting block of my house is female. So we lose the vote all the time. And, and, and they, the, these girls, you know, and, and they never outgrow this, by the way. They've been around this week because it's holidays, and, and, and they're home from school, and they come back over, and, and, and they have this sort of gang bathroom activity. I don't know why girls go to the bathroom in groups. Men don't talk in the bathroom. They just be like, oh. <laughs> Ladies be like, let's have a party. Let's go over to the bathroom. Praise the Lord. They're in my bathroom. Now, I have one little counter. They have, like, supersized counter. And there's two sinks. I have one sink. I have not a lot on my counter. Toothbrush, shaving. I, I don't have any hair products. Don't need those. No blow dryer. They start into this makeup party. They, they've already exchanged gifts early with each other, so there's new copious amounts of makeup. And, and there's makeup that I, I realize why we keep buying all this makeup, because very little of it ends up on their face. It's all over the counter, and then they begin to migrate over to my counter. And they've got makeup all over my counter, and then it's on, just the other day, there's like makeup on my toothbrush. Like, this is wrong. And it's just kind of like, well, okay, whatever. And I, just, and I thought about that the other day, you know, life can be that way. It's like, I didn't really like plan for all this to end up this way, but it's like, there's makeup on the toothbrush. And you may be going through an acute challenge or maybe just some simple things or or I want to talk to somebody maybe that you're really worried about somebody you love or you're praying for someone, a kid or a family member, and you're trying to get into this Christmas thing, but it's consuming your thoughts. I want you to know God knows where you live. And I want to show you something. Not only does the Christmas story bring hope, it tells us that these people were afraid, that there were challenges, but the Christmas story also says that he came to bring us good news. I don't know if you could use some good news in the midst of your everyday life, but it, he came to bring you good news that causes great joy. Not, not temporary joy, but great joy to our spirits for all the people. And I want to take you to that prophecy Micah hundreds of years before said that this Jesus, when he comes to bring this hope and this joy and this message of salvation that has good news in it, he says this, he will stand and he will shepherd his flock and they will live securely. You know, I find that in today's world, 
there's more reasons to be insecure. We have all the problems that people before us had, but we have exposure to more other negative things than we've ever had. And so we have this feeling sometimes come over us, I don't feel safe, I don't feel secure. And so you take a little bit of fear and you take some anxieties and you take some bad situations, you get this one, some missed expectations, I didn't intend on it being like this. And you can have a cocktail that comes together that makes us feel insecure. Now there's so much in the Christmas story that I could talk about. I'm going to give you the essence of Jesus' message, but I want to talk about it from an angle that I think is a great promise in the Christmas story. There's so much, we don't have enough time to talk about the hope, the joy, the, all the different things. But I want to hone in on this one right here as a pastor for many years and a person just like you. You can just find a wave of insecurity come over you. You start feeling afraid and you start feeling worried and you're worried about your kids and you're worried about the people in your life and you begin to have movie screens of this is how bad it's going to be. But that prophecy said that when Jesus comes, he can bring us security that's outside of our normal life circumstances. He'll shepherd, he'll stand and shepherd us in a way that we can live securely. I thought about this the other day. Moms have a lot of reasons to be insecure today. A lot of pressure. I mean, it's a lot different. There's more eyeballs and more people and more expectations. And I, I've never met a mom who didn't sometimes think, I think I'm going to mess these people up. And there's all these requirements now, you know. You got to be in shape. You got to be a pickleball champion. You got to get all these things. You got to shop and do and this and that. And you got to have it all. And, and then you got to have, you know, your online brand so that you've baked from scratch the perfect blueberry scone that you now have the perfect light and the camera there and the sun shines in on the scone. And it's like, hallelujah. Make you feel insecure. Again, I have daughters in my house. I've never seen a female walk in front of a mirror and go, man, that looks amazing. I feel a little insecure. Now, man, probably going to be 50 pounds overweight, hair growing out his ears. Roll up there and be like, we're looking good, champ. We look amazing. But dads have reasons to feel insecure too. They do. They fake it a little better. But we worry about our families. You know, you, you begin to have this feeling that I should be offering something spiritual to these people around me. I, I'm so thankful for the men of Milestone and watching you grow over the years and the way you bring your families to church and the way you've grown spiritually. And some of you may be new to all of that. And you're like, man, that makes me feel insecure. I know how to close a deal. I know how to hit a golf ball. I don't know how to spiritually lead my house there's a lot of reasons to provide, to hit the number, to be at these places of achievement, and you thought you'd be further by now. Dads can have a feeling of being insecure. Young adults, you know, I got to get to the career. I got to get to the place. I got to get the house, the car, the dog, the picket fence. I, some young adults are just like, man, I just like to get married. I've been a bridesmaid 15 times. I'm ready for my time to come. And there's a lot of pressure today. Did you know teenagers and students, I've shared this multiple times, but I know some of you, you need to know this. It's different for students today. 
I'm not saying that to make you feel like there's not hope, but I am saying we have to be better equipped because they have exposures that are different than the way a lot of us grew up. I asked the principal at a local high school a few years ago if I could borrow the library and just invite a cross-section of high school students to the library just to talk to them about life. And as I began visiting with them, I began to hear their pressures, their insecurities, the things they were facing, the stuff they were internalizing. And I just thought, I don't know if I took life that serious at that age. I just don't know if it was that big a deal to me. Of course, when I grew up, you didn't bring your friends to your bedroom every night. You, you left them at school. So if you had someone you didn't like or there was a mean girl or a mean guy, well, you just went home and my, friend, my, my parents didn't feel like it was their job to entertain me. So you, you know, they'd be like, go outside and play with a stick. But now they're on all the time and technology and so anxieties and pressures. Young people face insecurities. Empty nesters. You know what I've learned about insecurity? Insecurity is so interesting, you never just outgrow it. You kind of learn how to cover it up a little better, but you never get to a place where you don't have anything to be afraid of or a little insecure about. You get to a certain point in life and you've conquered a lot of the insecurities that younger people have, but then you begin to ask yourself, did I deposit enough? Did I leave a legacy? What is my future now? I don't have the identity in my job. I'm having some health challenges and things now, and I wish my family was more unified. And Christmas can highlight that. The problem is this security that we're looking for, it can't be found in external mechanisms. So there's this message of the prophet. I want to take you to this little town of Bethlehem and come back and unpack this idea of living securely. Watch this with me. Obviously, the story of Christmas centers around this baby, Jesus, who wouldn't stay a baby, would ultimately become a man. And no matter where you come from, religiously or otherwise, whether you're a believer in this Jesus or you're someone that's investigating who he is and what he did and what it means for you, the reality is that he is a historical figure and this baby, the context of the Christmas story is what makes it also so powerful to so many of us. Over my shoulder is the context in which this baby would be born. It's a town of Bethlehem. And every time I come to the Holy Land and every time I had the opportunity to think about Bethlehem. I'm still amazed that in such a obscure place, in such a place that had very little notoriety and in some ways feels like the middle of nowhere, that's where God chose to bring Jesus from and to us. And yet the story of Bethlehem, we think about, oh, little town of Bethlehem, the, the Christmas song and how still we see thee in this little town and the warm feelings about it. 
The fact is the prophet Micah prophesied what would happen hundreds of years before it did. I want to read to you a section from the prophet Micah, and I want us to think about God's heart for us this Christmas and think about not just the story of Jesus, which we will talk about, but also again, the context and the atmosphere in which he came to us that Micah speaks of. Micah chapter five, let's read it together. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. You know, it helps bring us into the Christmas story to think about the context, the atmosphere, the, the prophecy of this small place from which Jesus would come. But ultimately this Christmas, I wanna take a few moments and I want us to unpack this prophecy that became a reality in Jesus's life. The comments like he would shepherd his people. You know, God knows us and so he comes to us in a way in which we can relate. Jesus didn't come from this high place of power and position, but the, the thought of shepherd and shepherding the flock, that would be something that is culturally familiar. In fact, even as I was filming this, there's a shepherd with some goats and, and, and would have been very much a part of the culture at, at that time. Also the end result that his greatness, who could fathom it, that his greatness would, would reach to the ends of the earth. But the part that I think we can all relate to on Christmas, not only at Christmas, but all year long, is this idea that he would give the opportunity for us to live securely. You know, think about it. From an obscure place, from a place of least position, he's offering security. That, that seems so counterintuitive. It would seem like securely would be the Roman government or Jerusalem or something of greatness, but he's saying, I'm gonna bring security to the ends of the earth. And I think that's something that every person faces at multiple times in their life, when there's a new season, when there's a new challenge, when there's a circumstance, not only in your own life, but in someone that you love. So I'd like us to think just a little bit about that prophecy, bring it forward into the birth of Christ in the life of Jesus. And let's think about how this Christmas, a promise hundreds of years before Jesus was born, we could live securely. like, what does this have to do with Christmas? It's the prophecy that came into the story of Christmas of what the baby would grow up to provide. And this baby Jesus grows up and he offers his own life and he comes to us and says to us that one of the offerings, the multitude, multifaceted greatness of who he is, is indescribable, but he would offer security. Are you facing insecurities in your life today? Fears, worries, things you just are desiring a greater anchoring in your soul that 
all the things on the external can't provide, well, it's, it's one of the promises that came with the story of Christmas. But I want to spend my last few moments before I pray for you talking about the conditional statement connected to security. Did you see it? The connection was he would stand and shepherd his flock and they would live securely. There lies the problem with the way we do life in our culture today because the people I know and the people I'm around and even myself at times, it's kind of like I don't identify as the sheep. I want to be the one directing the orchestra. Did you notice what has to happen? You have to allow him to shepherd you, which means you have to identify as a sheep. If I go back to children's church right now at any campus or wherever and say, hey kids, pick an animal, I think I'll probably get tiger. I doubt they're going to say, oh, you know what, I want to be the naive, gullible sheep. That's what I prefer, but that is the place of security. Here's a research that I did. It's just a fact sheet. You can Google it, and I just kind of made it a little bit more approachable for you, but look at some of the facts about sheep. Sheep like routine, so be patient when introducing something new. Well, as a pastor, I know that's true. Why'd they change that? Well, okay, okay. Sheep react negatively to loud noises and yelling. That's why you didn't like your church growing up. You're going to hell! Quit yelling at me. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> when moving, gathering, or sorting sheep, the more efficient the operation, the better. Wool grabbing and rough handling will cause bruising. Now here's one that I really relate to, working with sheep all the time. Sheep tend to move in the opposite direction of the handler. Any parents in the house? Bah, bah, come back over here. Bah, 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 Sheep will move to a partially full pen. If you've not read much of the Bible, I would suspect you might have heard this verse. Notice the promise to the sheep that is led by the great shepherd, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I wanna give some security to your soul here for a minute. This is one read at funerals. This is one that you see on cards. The Lord is my shepherd, I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Here it is. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. You're like, man, I'm on the wrong path. You know why? You're in charge. You're in charge of setting the directions. When we say, hey, lead me, great shepherd, it's amazing how we might take some twists and turns, but we end up at better places. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. But even though I walk through the darkest valley, some of you are in a dark valley right now, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness, and when I was a kid, I memorized this, surely goodness and mercy. That means that you're getting the merciful hand of God, not what you deserve or even what you can earn. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. 
And I will dwell, get this too. This is a short existence that we have in this little moment that's going around the sun on this speck of dirt in the cosmos. You might think you're going to live forever. You're not. I'm watching some of you age before my eyes. Life's going by. The Bible says it's a flower. It's here today and gone tomorrow. You know the promise when he's your great shepherd? One day when your funeral happens, a pastor can read over you there with your family. Look at this. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's an eternal promise. Not just a here and now. There's some good here and nows in there. But there's also eternal promises. Look at these promises that he gives. What does the Lord promise? Wherever you're at, online, any campus, look at these promises. They lack nothing. Their souls are refreshed. He's always with them. He comforts them with his rod and his staff. He provides for them. Look at this. Even in the midst of their enemies. Goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their life. They live in God's house forever. If these are great promises, why don't more people experience them? Because they want to be the shepherd instead of the sheep. When you're the sheep, you get to tie into the promises of the shepherd. Now, when I read that, I'm not reading that as a pastor who helps people. I'm also reading and thinking, oh, so many times I needed him to refresh my soul. I have a heart for people going through something with children. I never forget, I remember when my daughter was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis. We gave her shots for a year that every Friday night through Sunday she would throw up all weekend long. Nothing is more painful than going through challenges with children and different... And you know, you say, Jeff, how do you provide stability to her so she doesn't get angry with God so she can... Pro well, you gotta, you, you gotta have any responsibility for a, another little lamb that's hurting. You better have your own shepherd. You better know how to go get your own help. My wife having medical challenges, losing my dad in 2019, and the grief process. I've helped hundreds of people through the grief process. Let me tell you, in this life, we put on a face like we got it all together, but we all need a shepherd. We need shepherded. You say, why don't we experience this and why do we feel insecure? Well, I've, I've found that this message of Christmas is hard for the culture we live in because we try to save ourselves. It's the number one narrative of our world today, not, oh, be a gullible, naive sheep being led around by a shepherd. What we hear all the time is, fix yourself, lead yourself, you be you, you live your dream. That's what we're fed all the time. The number one section of the bookstore is self-help. It's the narrative of our world. God told me the other day, I'm a self-made man. I said, why'd you make yourself like that, bro? <laughs> it's what we're fed all the time, but that's not the message of Jesus' message. His message, actually, I'll give you another prophecy. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We don't have to be trained to... Bah, 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 bah. Ah, trouble. We do it naturally. And that's the message of Jesus. You're like, 
some of you I know listening to me, wherever you're listening, you don't know the essence of Jesus. You think the message is join a religion, sign up for an organization, like become part of the, no, 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 no. The message of Jesus is that we are broken by nature. It's not the cultural message. The cultural message is you're basically good, you're just undereducated. If you had a little more information, you would choose right. Whoever came up with that's never had a two-year-old. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'd have to teach my kids to bite, fight. Their favorite word was mine. We naturally go astray, so we're broken, but the hard part is we want to have a relationship with a perfect God. And there's a gap and a chasm between our brokenness and his perfection. And the reason for Jesus is, is that this perfect God didn't say, hey, you bunch of lost sheep, make your way up to where I am. He came down to us. He came and found us. Did you know there's another sheep story in the Bible? There's 99 sheep all in the pen with the good shepherd. And he says, he leaves the 99 and he goes and finds the one. You may be that one this Christmas. Come on back home. Come on back home. He comes as a baby. He dies on the cross, but different than any other religion, he rose from the dead. So he's an alive Jesus today. And you may have been feeling the tug or the pull, or he's been doing stuff around you, maybe dissatisfaction with life or the troubles of being astray or problems you can't fix. That's because he's alive and he's tugging on you to come back home. We can't save ourselves. The second thing is we do lose our way. And he comes and finds us and helps us. It's just natural and normal. We just sort of end up places and go, how'd I end up here? I said I turned 50 this year. I, I end up at the fridge a lot. I just be standing there going, why'd I come here? I don't know what I was doing when I walked over here. Anybody feel my pain? Open it up. What was I looking for? I don't know how... Man, that looks good. I believe I'll have that. Anybody know what I'm saying? You just sort of go, how did I get here? You may be there in your life. How did I get here? I, I want to introduce a another thought to you, though. There's some of you here, you have prayed a prayer to accept Christ. It was real. You know Jesus lives in you. You know if you died today, you would go to heaven. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Can I encourage some of you who would go to heaven? You're not living heaven here on earth because you're still the shepherd of your own life. And you're still lost. You're still lost. Did you know another one of the statistics that I saw in there, a little description of sheep? Sheep are social animals. So try to prevent seclusion. Did you know the most vulnerable sheep is the one over, away from the herd, doing life, me, myself, and I, doing it my way, all alone, I got this. You don't got this. You don't. Because over there by yourself, disconnected, displaced, alone with the crazy town thoughts that we all get, you're still lost. And he's still saying to you, come on back home. Come on back home. Come on back to that place where you had 
grace in your life and fulfillment and joy, and you were walking out God's plan and purpose for your life. Did you know some interesting passages in the New Testament? The Apostle Paul, this is so countercultural. I was reading over a few of these recently. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in you in your weakness. He said this, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm leadable, I'm at my strongest. When I'm submitted, I'm at my strongest. When I'm surrendered, I'm at my strongest. I've experienced people at all different stages. A few years ago, I had a 57-year-old man come up to me And I did that little diagram. A baby came, he became a man, he died for your sins, he rose from the dead, and he comes to you saying, here's a gift of my grace, receive me. It's really simple, but it requires surrender. I laid that out, preached it, walked out to shake hands, and a 57-year-old man came up to me, he'd been crying, and he said to me, why hasn't anyone ever told me this? Last Christmas, I had 10 different families say, Thank you for preaching the gospel on Christmas. Thank you for sharing the simple message because they have family members and friends who think this is a religion, that this is some kind of like organizational thing that we're a part, but it's a relationship with Jesus. And they were like, thank you for telling my cousin about that. I've also met people over the years. I, I remember a, a particular young lady in her 20s who came to me and I talked about another barrier because we, we have challenges in life. All I've done since I was 21 years old is serve Jesus' sheep. And I think we would all be amazed this Christmas, wherever you're at, at the struggles of people that are around you. Severe struggles. Maybe some people just going, man, I'm, I'm kind of astray. That's not a good feeling. Good news is you don't have to be. But I had this young lady tell me, she said, I had some challenging things happen to me, and my biggest barrier to letting the shepherd shepherd me and Jesus be my savior is I've been mad at him. I've been mad for what happened. And sometimes we ascribe to Jesus things that the enemy comes to kill, still and destroy. There's evil in the earth. Can I say to somebody right now, you've had some challenging things, and I want to say this on our great shepherd's behalf. He loves you in it. He loves you if you were part of it. He loves you if it didn't have anything to do with you. And he's saying, I want to join you in your mess. Don't don't be mad at the one who can bring you home. But I find that's a barrier. The other big barrier I find is a lot of people say, man, I, I, I just don't know if I did this what my family would say. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who say, I come from this heritage I have maybe this friend group or family members or something like that. Can I, can I just encourage you right now, if you're listening to me and you're like, I know I'm astray, I may have even done some religious stuff, can I, can I encourage you with this? It's a step of faith, but if you'll just step out and say yes to Jesus, you'll be amazed. Your family will actually respect you. They'll see what Jesus is doing in you. They'll actually probably come to you and say, what is it that you have? People at all different places. I don't know where you are, but I know Jesus can meet you right where you are. I'm going to ask everybody just to bow their heads for just a moment. And maybe you're, you're right now in a place I'm going to ask you. I know we have a few ushers moving around, but if you would, just, just bear with me. We're closing our service. We're going to light a candle. But I, I, I want to talk to everyone online. I want to talk to you in video venues at any campus right now. 
Some of you right now, you're at that point of decision. And right where you are, you can just simply say, Jeff, what do I do? I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be astray. I, I, I want Jesus to lead me and guide me. And I want those Psalm 23 promises. All you have to do is just say yes. Right where you are, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not about the words that I say. It's really about the submission of your heart. If you really were to sum up giving your life to Jesus, I love one word. It's just surrender. I'm not my own shepherd. I'm not my own caretaker. I am surrendering leadership and authority, and I'm receiving the gift of his grace. You can just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I believe you came as a baby on that first Christmas. Just say it to him. I believe you died on the cross, and I believe you rose from the dead. I receive you today. And I always love to say it this way, because I love to think of it this way. I receive you as my Jesus, my, my personal Lord and Savior. I promise you, when you receive him and you have him personally in your life, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made. I want to say to someone who's prayed that prayer right now, I'm, I, I'm telling you, just take steps. You don't have to have it all figured out. If you prayed that, Romans 10, 9 says, not if you might be saved when you pray that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says you shall be saved. So he's come to live on the inside of you. I'm not going to embarrass you, any campus, any place, wherever you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you prayed that prayer with me, would you just slip your hand up just so I can recognize, and I'm not gonna make you stand up or come forward and say, I prayed that. Would you just raise it? Thank you. Anyone else, wherever you're at, just keep it up for a second. I have a little card that's gonna come to you. As soon as you get the card, you can put your hand down. Everybody else, just continue to pray. There's people and hands, and I know at campuses, in video services right now, you're raising your hand. There's ushers there in the aisle, and they're just gonna give you a card right now. As soon as you get the card, you can put your hand down. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? There's ushers there ready to give you that card. Say, what is that card? It's a gift from me to you. It's a book that I wrote. If you raised your hand, it's a book that I wrote that will help you get close to Jesus. It's a Bible. I want you to get that gift because it'll help you on your journey. I want to pray for a second group of people, though. How many of you here would say, well, Jeff, if I died, I know I would go to heaven, but I'm a little bit lost, and I'm, I, I have had some insecurities, some things I'm really concerned about. I want to just pray a special Christmas prayer over you if you're in that category. Maybe there's something you're worried about, you're insecure about, you're, you're fearful about. Say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Anybody say, that, that speaks to me, Pastor. I need that quiet waters. I need that refreshing. Yeah, just keep it up. Refreshing in my soul. Lord, you see the hands here and at every campus and every place. Lord, I pray today that, Lord, we would surrender ourselves to you as our good shepherd. That every person here, I don't know the situations, but you do. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to go, refresh, bring hope.